Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody, Mike Moynihan here and welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. And I am so excited because we are finally in the year 2021. 2020 is behind us and we can kind of hopefully get on the road to recovery as a nation, get everybody uh, healthy and kind of get back to normal. We got a lot, uh, I got a lot to be thankful for, for 2020, believe it or not. And it was a crazy year for the hobby, no doubt. And I want to just tell everybody thanks for, you know, this is going to be the start of season two for the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. Season one, we finished with uh, 16 episodes. This is episode 17. So if you've missed any of the episodes, you want to go back and watch them, feel free. They're available on Spotify and anywhere else you can get podcasts along with all the other great podcasts and things that are done on the bench clear media network here. And I'm just so grateful to be a part of that. We're having a great time and hopefully doing a lot of stuff that's unique to the hobby. And I hope tonight's a little bit unique to the hobby too. The topic I'm going to discuss is just going to be me by the way. So you get to listen to me, but that is the, the pro to that is that usually I don't talk as long and the episodes are a little bit shorter than when I have a guest and other people on with me. Although you're just going to hear my opinion, and so that is what it is on some things. But I am uh, going to talk tonight about 2020 from a different perspective. And 2020 was, a, like I said, a crazy year for the hobby. It was also a very sad year because we lost seven Hall of Fame baseball players passed away in the year 2020. And we've always heard when people pass away that it causes a spike in prices of their cards and autographs and everything. Probably more on the autograph side, honestly, because I think that the thought of, well, that person's never going to sign another autograph, therefore there is now a fixed supply, drives people to do that. But what's fascinated me about that idea of people dying and card prices spiking is, is it real? Does it really happen? And so I actually have done some research. I'm going to show you guys some things. The YouTube version of this podcast is going to be probably a little bit more robust. So if you're listening to it on a podcast and you want to see some of the data, some of the screenshots that I'm going to show, go to YouTube and you can find this recording and, and watch it as well. But hopefully I'll make it entertaining enough as you're listening that you can uh, get a lot out of it as well. So the thought was, is it real? Is it 
Is it legit? Does it last long? All of those things. And I think there's a perception that that is true. And so I, I've got some data to talk about with that to find out if it really is. But it does crack me up that people gravitate toward, oh man, so-and-so died. I need to go pick up his stuff. And I would say, well, that's interesting because the person, whoever it might be, let's take Mickey Mantle when he passed away a long time ago now, but he hadn't done anything in baseball in 20 years. It's not like his stats had changed or his fame had changed or anything. He just passed away. And what I really think passing away does is it brings a spotlight to that player. People are talking about him and going, man, that was a great play. Mickey Mantle was a great player. I need to go. I don't have a lot of Mickey Mantle stuff in my collection. I need to go get some more things for my collection. And it just brings it to front of mind, I think, more than when they're still alive. And that's kind of sad, right? If a player is a great player, I would think you'd want to buy them all the time, not just when they happen to pass away. And so I just think it increases demand, albeit, I think, for a short period of time after they've passed away. And so I mentioned seven Hall of Famers that died in 2020. And we lost some really great people. And I'm going to go through the, each of the players. I want to talk about some of their key cards, their rookie cards. And I want to look at some data that might shed some light on this phenomenon. But the first to die in 2020 was Al Kaline, passed away on April 6th. And Al Kaline was a great player, played from uh, 53 through 74. His entire career was with the Detroit Tigers. And Al Kaline is my dad's favorite Hall of Famer, which is just an interesting little tidbit, little side note for you. And Al Kaline, his rookie card is 1954 tops. And so to do this, I'm going to share my screen here on YouTube. And I've gone to VCP here, by the way, with VCP Vintage Card Prices, which is vintagecardprices.com. I have started using it. I've become a subscriber to VCP over the last few months. And let me tell you what a great resource it is. It is unbelievable for me, especially as a vintage guy, to be able to add my collection in there and have want lists and different aspects of my collection and seeing values and tracking trends and everything. It's really phenomenal. And if you, by the way, we have a, an agreement with VCP that if you go to their website and when you purchase a one-year subscription to Vintage Card Prices, if you put in the bench, uh, the uh, <laughs> promo code BENCHCLEAR, all one word, BENCHCLEAR, you can get an extra month added on to your 12-month subscription if you do that. So highly encourage people to do that. It's I, I've loved it. And what I'm using VCP for tonight is to look at some different aspects of this, of their, of his rookie card, of Al Kaline's rookie card. And so what VCP does, which is really great, is you can look at pretty much any grade. I mean, I can go, you can go all the way down from just an authentic, a one, all the way to 10. And it'll show you an average price, a high price, a low price, 
for that particular grade. And what I thought would be important is to look at two different grades and just see if there's some momentum behind this idea. I'm going to look at the collector grade of that card and then a PSA 8. Because we're talking about vintage cards on all of these. The um, we're, We got cards from the 50s and the 60s that we're going to be talking about tonight. And so I think it's important to look at a collector grade. So a collector grade, for those of you that may not know, is simply whatever decade the card is in, the corresponding numerical grade, i.e. if a card is in the 50s, like the 54 tops out K-line, a collector grade would be a five. And then an eight is typically considered investor grade. And usually even a seven might, depending on how old the card is. So seven and above or eight or above are considered investor grade cards. And so those typically go for significantly more money. And if you're viewing here, and I'll describe this for those of you that are listening, a five, the high price has been $940 and the low price is 570. The average is 758. So there's a huge range, right? On an eight, there's a similar range. You've got 5,300, almost 5,400 on the high end and 3,700 on the low end. So you've, you've got a pretty big range there. And that you know, that matters to us as collectors. If we're buying a card, I, I'd like to buy it for the lowest price I can, honestly. And I think most of us would. And so what, what I want to do here is if, you, if you're in vintage card prices and you click on that grade, it will pull up a chart. It will show you a historical price chart of that card. And what we're going to do here is just look at the last year. And again, I said that Al Kaline passed away in April. So... Ironically, his card in April wasn't trading much higher in March. It was around 475. And then literally on April 6th, one sold for 525. So only $50 more on Al-K line. And over the next preceding couple of weeks, the collector grade cards didn't really spike very much. When you do see a spike is around May and then you see it dip back down and it goes back up in August and, and kind of hovers around that eight to $900 range throughout the summer, which I think is more due to COVID than anything more due to the spike in prices in general of all cards, even vintage during that time, not because necessarily that Al Kaline passed away. Again, there just wasn't a big jump due to his passing as some people might think that there would be and the last sale of a collector grade alkaline rookie that's on vcp was in november of 2020 and it sold for 570 which is not different not that much different from when he passed away it was 550 so it's kind of come back down um there's a whole lot of reasons that could be true. And again, we're looking at PSA fives and something really to remember about this. We're looking at all PSA fives and not all PSA fives or any grade are equal. There are some that just look better, have better eye appeal, better centering, less snow, better corners, you name it. There can be a whole wide range of differences between 
any one grade, even in just a singular grade. If we go look now at, say, the PSA 8 of alkaline, for the same time period, we'll look at one year, kind of take a look at that, if it wants to work for me here. It's not cooperating on my computer screen. Okay, here we go. So the last sale of a PSA 8 was in December. And look, VCP, I mean, it, it keeps up pretty good, but it's not perfect, but it, it does a really good job of showing us some stuff here. And actually, a PSA 8 sold in March, right before he died, at almost 5,000. And after he passed away, the next PSA 8 sold for under four grand. So it actually went down after he passed away, which again, I think is con con contradictory to what people normally think about what happens to card prices on a player when they die. And it's been pretty steady, uh, honestly, over the last six months in that, uh, well, it's four to $5,000 range, which I may, that may not sound like a huge range, but it's a thousand dollars difference. That seems a little more significant, but the last one sold for 3850, which was very similar to the price right after he passed away. So that's one of the seven. And I'll, I'll try not to be as long winded about each of the players as we go through them here. The next one I want to talk about is Tom Seaver. And Tom Terrific, uh, Tom Seaver passed away in August. So Kaylan passed away in April. Four and a half months later, we had Mr. Seaver pass away. Great New York Met. His rookie card is actually 1967 tops. And I think his last card is 1987 tops, if I'm in terms of just tops cards. I think that's what, and he has one of those great classic rookie cards. It's, you know, the rookie stars from 1967. You've got him paired up with Bill Dennehy. He's on one of the multiplayer rookie cards. But if you look at, so it's a card from the 60s. So we'll look at a PSA 6 for that card. Kind of do the same analysis here on his, again, my computer is just being super slow. It's got a range of only about $400, uh, 960 to 1300-ish range. Uh, the average price about $1,100 that a PSA 6 will cost you. Now, when he passed away, the one that sold in a PSA 6 right before he died was a thousand bucks. The next one that sold right after he died, a couple days after he died was two grand. So it doubled. But the next one that sold was right back at $1,000 a few days later. It was about a week later that another PSA 6 got sold. And it's been around that price, $1,000 to $1,200 ever since. It hasn't really done a whole lot. It had an initial spike, one sale it looks like, and then that was that. If we look at his PSA 8s, got a range of 2700 to th about 3450 and again you see the same thing after he uh passed away in august just not a ton of spiking again you had some price increases i think again more due to covid than anything or the just the enthusiasm around cards but it wasn't due to him dying it's really weird so that's Tom Seaver. 
same deal. His average price on eights is around 3100 is what those go for. Let's move on to our third Hall of Famer, and that is going to be Lou Brock. Lou Brock died a week after Tom Seaver. He died on September 6th. So as you guys, if you followed it, you know there was just this kind of sad succession of people passing away through towards the end of the year. And Lou Brock, great player. Uh, when he retired, he was the stolen base leader, just a great hitter. And he has a rookie card in 1962 tops. And I believe his last base issue tops card is 1979 tops. So if we're looking at the sixties, again, a collector grade would be around a six. And those are selling right now for an average price of around 338. And I'm, God, again, my computer is just being slow here. So I need to be ahead of the game a little bit, maybe. The average price, yeah, 338 on PSA sixes. And if we look at the last year or so, again, him passing away in September, you saw a spike that day, but it only went from, well, it went from 180, 200-ish kind of range to 345 to $400. So there was definitely an initial, bam, spike, but then right back down to that 250, 280 range, 230. And then it spiked again in November, late October, November. And that card now is, again, around the most recent one sold for $280, give or take. That was early. That was a couple of days ago on January 3rd. So it's not that far off from where it was right before he passed away. So you're hopefully you're seeing a theme with this. Um, the next one that passed away was Bob Gibson. So let's go look at Bob Gibson. I know I didn't look at the PSA eights for, uh, Lou Brock, but let's go check out Bob Gibson real quick. All right. So Bob Gibson, the famous Pepto-Bismol card, the 1959 tops rookie of Bob Gibson, classic card, uh, one of those cards that was used in Project 2020 this year. And so his collector grade is going to be around a five, or not around, it'll be a five. And those average about $650. This is a pretty condition sensitive card. There's typically a lot of centering issues with 59 tops and you got snowing and all kinds of stuff. So it's just typically one of those kind of high demand cards to begin with. And Again, Bob Gibson passed away on October 2nd, so almost a month after Lou Brock. And his card prices were around 500 to between 500 and $600. He passed away on October 2nd. And the next one, the one right before he died was 575 And then the next one was 1000 bucks. So again, you see that initial demand, initial spike, and then coming right back down to the 500 to 600 dollar range 650 so it's still higher than it was before he died but it's not you know crazy appreciated since then with the last one selling around 600 dollars for again a PSA 5 
if we look at his PSA eights, which are again, high demand anyway, but you're talking about a card that's averaged around $3,200. The last one sold for 2,800 as a matter of fact. So a little less than average. You um, see again, that initial spike before he died around three grand, right after he died around four grand. And then right back down to again, 2,800 as they are now. So definitely short lived when you have these uh, prices, price changes for these players. Next to, to pass away in 2020 was the great Whitey Ford and Whitey Ford uh, passed away in October on October 8th, to be exact. His rookie card is great. I just picked it up as a matter of fact, um, not too long ago because I've been wanting one for a long time and I finally was able to, to pick one up and his rookie card is 51 Bowman. It's a great card. And so it would have a collector grade of a five. Let's look at those. You've got just around the six to $800 range. He, we had a spike in June for some weird reason. <laughs> I'd have no idea why the price spiked in June, but then in October, actually uh, it doesn't look like, yeah, the last PSA five actually that is on VCP wasn't till it didn't. Uh, the last one was June 23rd. So unfortunately there's no data here that shows after his passing for that grade. So let's maybe look at some eights and see if some eights got sold. Nope, they didn't. The last eight that sold was in September about a month before he died. Let's try to, let's just try to find a grade that we have some data on. This is a pretty tough card to find. So I'm, I'm not shocked here that I, I can't find anything. Okay. I went to a PSA seven and I was able to find some more recent sales. In fact, there was one, uh, see so he passed away in October. So we had some in December, uh, before that, the last one was in July was 2,500. The December sale in December 13th was 5,500. So you got a $3,000 increase over those few months. But the next one that sold a few days later was $2,950. So it again, it's showing that on some of these, there might just be price fluctuations in general. It might not even be, you know, due to dying, due to the player passing away. It might just be supply and demand. Somebody just really wanted that card and they're paying up for it. Hard to really know. Genuinely hard to really know. And I'll draw some conclusions here in a minute. Let's go to, we got two more. Joe Morgan. I'm going to look at Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan, of course, great Hall of Fame second baseman. Part of the big red machine in the 70s. Played for a lot of different teams over his entire career. The A's and the Giants and the the Colt 45 slash Astros. Joe Morgan's rookie card is 65 tops. Joe Morgan passed away on October 11th, just a few days after Whitey Ford. If we look at his collector grade rookie card, which it would be a PSA six, you're talking about um, a card that averages about $144, $145. And when he died in October, on October 11th, 
we had a, it was still around 150 bucks. It sold on the day after he died for $150. It sold in December for $150. So, and, it, and it's really around 200 bucks. So it hasn't changed a whole lot. The PSA eights on that card are significantly more. And that's the funny thing. You can get a collector grade for $150, $200 to get an eight is four times that you're going to pay around 700 bucks to $800. And again, last sale on that was December 28th. So we definitely have some sales and it went from around 500 to about 670 right after he died. So certainly a little bit of an increase, but not what people I think just expect all the time. I just, Oh, it's going to double or it's going to do this or that. And honestly, as I did this research, I was kind of surprised myself in terms of how relatively insignificant it was longer term. Let's look at the last one here. It's Phil Negro and Phil Negro just died a few weeks ago. Uh, on December 26th, the day after Christmas, great pitcher pitched a majority of his career with the Atlanta Braves, Milwaukee Braves, Atlanta Braves, uh, 300 game winner. Great, great pitcher. Phil Necro. Um, what's Phil's last card. I want to say it's also 87 tops now that I think about it. And Phil's collector grades are, Again, this is way more, there's actually no sales in a collector grade since he passed away that is showing up here on VCP. But I can go look maybe at on Phil Necro, I'll go look at uh, eBay. And the last one sold on the day after he died and it was a buy, best offer accepted. The best, the buy it now price was 650 and it had an accepted offer. Hard to tell really from looking at this what that price was. It was a, probably around, well, the last best offer before that was 625 and it's above that. So that means that it sold for a higher price than 625. And before that they had sold for 200 bucks. <laughs> so on a, on the high end, by the way, so that, that, that definitely ha is, has gone up, but you could also say to a lot of that is, Maybe they were undervalued to begin with. Maybe they were not being uh, appreciated. Those, these some of these cards have gone up in value, you know, months and months after the the player passed away. And again, that might just be from lack of appreciation in general, lack of appreciation in vintage. Period. PSA eights have seen again a, a price spike pre death. Uh, there's no sales on a PSA eight that are showing up on BCP after death, it's averaged around $400. I bet it's significantly more than that. Now let's go take a look. Oh, that's PSA eights. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I was looking at on, on uh, eBay was actually PSA eights and they're selling for around 600 bucks. The last one sold for six, some number greater than 600 previous to that. They were selling uh, the last one that sold for 400. So they've gone up a little bit. But the funny thing is, is that, you know, it's not like there's just, these aren't modern cards. And I think that there's a misconception that these are just out there all the time for you to buy. They're going on auction and they're just 
going for what they go for. And that's just not true on the vintage side. You've got a lot more um, scarcity in vintage and it's not made up scarcity. It's not manufactured scarcity. It's legit scarcity. You can't just go find these whenever you, I mean, you can, if you want to pay whatever crazy buy it now prices people have out there, but in general, you know, these cards just can't be had anytime you want. And so you have to wait and be patient. But I think what the story that all of this data is telling me is don't be the guy that buys the card right around, you know, the, the day or two after a player passes, wait a little bit, be patient. And I think you'll see that you can start picking those cards up at, more pre-death prices or closer to it as if you wait a little bit of time. I think that's really smart strategy for the, if you're wanting to pick up some of these players. And here's the other way to avoid all of this. As tragic as it is that all these players passed away in 2020, there's going to be more people that pass away in 2021 and 2022, etc. Don't wait. If you have an appreciation for vintage and you love certain players and they're still alive, go pick up their cards. Buy the Hank Aaron's, buy the Willie Mays cards, buy the Sandy Koufaxes, these players that while they're still here, you don't have to worry about a potential spike in price due to death. There might be spikes in prices due to other uh, market reasons, market forces, hobby forces, but not because they died. And so I think that's kind of the what I want to leave you with is if you already missed the boat on the people that have passed away, be patient. I think you can still pick them up. If you're a fan of certain players that are still alive, go take advantage of them. Currently the oldest living hall of famer period is Tommy Lasorda. And we have the lo oldest living player currently is Willie Mays. It's in the hall of fame. So don't sleep on these guys. Don't, you know, go get their stuff. And if you want to get autographs for your collection of those players, go get them now. Because uh, I know a lot of the guys, as they get older and older, Phil Necro, for example, autograph-wise, he was doing uh, through-the-mail autographs, TTMs. I, I bet almost until he, he got really sick at the end or whatever. I don't even remember the circumstances off the top of my head of how he passed away. But he was signing TTMs very recently. And over the last few months, Phil Necro's signature was getting very shaky. You could definitely tell there was a difference in him and his signature. And so there's guys like Juan Marichal, and I'm thinking of older Hall of Famers trying to think of some that go get those now. If you if you want to get those, get them now. It's never a bad time to be picking these, these things up, these great vintage cars, these wonderful pieces of baseball history that are out there. So that's it for today. Uh, very interesting. I am glad that I did this exercise because I was really curious. We Again, it's this kind of thought in the hobby that that's what happens when a player passes away. And I really wanted to back it up with some hard data and see if that was right. And th there's definitely a trend of the, an initial, maybe some outlier sales that happen above the previous prices but they all tend to kind of drift back down to where they were before. So very interesting, very fascinating.
So thanks again, everybody, for joining me for this episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. Again, if you haven't yet, we would love for you to go and, you know, leave a comment or a, a review on any of the sites that you listen to podcasts on, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any of that. We would really appreciate it. I would really appreciate it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I would love your feedback. I'd love to hear what you think down below. Leave me a comment, like, and subscribe to Bench Clear Media. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, great week, and keep collecting.